This is the Kingdom at Hand podcast from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota. Our Sunday worship is at 10 a.m. and our Sunday school is at 9 a.m. We can be found online at www.hosannafreelutheran.com. We're on YouTube at Hosanna Free Lutheran Church. And our podcast is The Kingdom at Hand, and you can find that on your favorite podcast app. If you like this or if this is beneficial, make sure that you like and subscribe. And we pray that God would bless you through this. Judges 2, verses 19 through 23. They read in Jesus' name. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he said, Because of this people have transgressed my covenant that I commanded their fathers and have not obeyed my voice. I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died in order to test Israel by them, whether they will take care to walk in the way of the Lord as their fathers did or not. So the Lord left those nations, not driving them out quickly, and he did not give them into the hand of Joshua. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study your word, we ask that you'd bless this time. Lord, that you would guide us, that we might understand and live out your truth. Lord, we thank you for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And so today we're going to be talking about loyalty, um, but really in light of Israel's disloyalty. Because... That's how Israel is interacting with God. Israel is being disloyal to God. And so as we start out here, um, the author of the book of Judges starts out with a but. You know, cause, and that draws us, you know, that ties us in with last week. So whenever the people of Israel were deep in the oppression that was being brought upon them by the other nations, they would cry out to the Lord. And the Lord would be gracious to them, have pity on them, and he'd raise up a judge for them. You know, and that's an exciting thought about God raising up a judge for the people of Israel and saving the people of Israel out of the hand of their oppressors. And then, you know, you you stop there and you're like, hey, this is great. Let's keep moving forward. And then God says, but. Oh, no, really? You know, and we've talked about but before. It kind of erases everything that came before. You know, how many wives would like me to say, or would like it if their husband said, you know, I love you, but. And it's like, don't ever use that phrase, man. <laughs> Not a wise idea, because it just throws away everything that happened before. It contradicts it. So God is doing this. This is what God's doing. This is how God's working. How are the people of Israel responding to it? That's what that but really signifies. That they're not responding as God would have them respond. You know, God is loyal to the people of Israel. Every time the people of Israel cry out to God, what does He do? He answers. He works. He moves. That's what God does to us too. As we cry out to God, how do, what does He do? He works, he moves, he answers. Does he always give us what we want? No. But does he always work? Yes. And so if that's the way that God's acting, how ought we to act? 
by doing the exact opposite of what he'd want us to do. You know, but that, but that's what the Israelites are doing. So God answers. God shows himself strong. God shows himself real. God shows himself wise. And then the people of Israel say, thanks, but I'm going my own way. Israelites going their own way. That's what's happening here. That's what that but is signifying. And not only did they just keep doing what they had been doing that God was showing them that he didn't like, they got worse. I can't even believe it. It just blows me away as I was reading this. I, you know, I don't know how many times I've read this book, but as I got into it this time, the sinfulness of humanity is incredible. Because it's not that these Jews, that's me. So, but whenever the judge died, and so when that external control left, you know, that ex, because one of the things that the judges did was they were, they were representatives of God. And so, you know, they, they brought military rule. To some degree. And so they, they were an organization. They were a head for the nation. They weren't supposed to be a political head. But they were a people that the people could look to. And kind of follow and be guided. And so when that guide left. The people of Israel being left up to their own devices. They didn't seek God. They sought their own ways. And so you know this is what happened. So why was it that during the time of the USSR. Why was it that the Russians destroyed churches. You know, why did they kill priests? Why did they destroy every piece of Christian art that they could get their hands on? Why was it that wherever communists come in, why is it, wherever communists come in, they destroy the religious symbolism? Because they know that without those external forms, people become scattered. And the communists wanted the people scattered so that they could gather them under their own umbrella. You know, they wanted the Christian church broken so that everybody would become communists instead of Christians. That's what they were doing in the USSR. And so when this judge dies, what's happening? The people don't individually look to God. They start looking to the organizations that are around them. They don't look to the priests and the Levites. They start calling upon the prophets of Baal. The prophets of Baal, they're telling them all sorts of wonderful things. Hey, go and live in licentious manner. Go and live according to your carnal lust. They didn't use those words probably because they probably didn't speak English anyways. But, you know, that's what they're saying. Do whatever you want. Just walk with us and then we'll give you whatever you want. Because that's what Baal and Ashtaroth represented. God says, no, you've actually got to submit to me and trust me. And the people of Israel are like, we don't like that. And you know, the people of America say, no, we don't like that. Because <laughs> how, many, how many of you like to submit? I'm not putting up my hand. That's what God calls us to. To submit to him personally and individually. You know, what does our world call us to? Hey, do whatever feels right. And that'll bring about the right out- outcomes. That'll bring about the outcomes you want. Like That's what our world is teaching us right now, isn't it? it it's all over the place. The, and they're starting to realize that it doesn't bring about the right outcomes. Do you know that people are starting to realize that 
the nuclear family, you know, like the Christian family is the best place to raise children? Who would have thought? Really? Like they're studying this stuff and they're, they're shocked. Oh, you can't have two moms and two dads and think that that's the way that things are supposed to go? No. Who would have thunk it? It's like, all you got to do is submit to God and things would have worked out. Like, no, no, we're going to do our own thing and that's going to work out better. Thanks, God. We don't need you. You know, but that's what's going on with Israel. They didn't follow in God's ways. They got worse. They didn't repent. They didn't stop and say, you know what? That stuff that we've been doing, that's what's caused this problem. That's wrong. Let's quit doing that. They didn't do that. Ridiculous. That's what we do too. God saves us out of our problem. They're like, thanks God, I'm going to keep doing that. It didn't bring me satisfaction last time, but I bet it'll work this time. Did we do that? Hope not. That's what the Israelites were doing. They kept going after other gods. They kept getting more gods. You know, they weren't just going after Baal. They were going after the other gods. But he uses that word, other, too. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them. And so not only Baal now, now we've got to start moving out because obviously Baal didn't work, so we've got to try other things. You know, obviously money didn't make me happy, so now we've got to try food. Well, I'm not going to get after gluttons. Um, you know, but that, what do we do? That's what happens. You know, having money didn't make me happy. Now I need a yacht. I need better cars. Well, that car didn't, you know, my Ford didn't make me happy. I need a Porsche. And so we grow out. It moves out. We go after other gods. You know, all well, this leisure didn't make me happy. Now I've got to have... I, who knows how many channels are available nowadays with cord cutting and all of that stuff. You know, this, these movies didn't make me happy. Maybe Netflix will. We just keep moving out. We get other gods trying to fill in that hole that God made for himself. And so that's what's going on with the Israelites here. And we have to watch our hearts so that we don't run into the same thing. Because you know what? I'm no different than these Israelites. No offense. You're not either. We're in the same boat. We have these same tendencies. We want to worship idols. It's because of our sinful, rebellious nature. It's not working for them, but maybe it'll work for me. Like, no, that's not the way we do things. We submit to God. We be loyal to Him. We give our loyalty to Him. Because the Israelites are revealing just stupendous disloyalty. I want to take from God, but I don't want to give to Him. You know, I want God to invest in me, but I don't want to invest in his kingdom. That's what the Israelites are doing. We want things to go our way. And you know what? That's what a lot of Christians do too. I want God to bless me, but far be it from me to to share about Jesus because, you know, people might laugh at me. So God responds. God responds to disloyalty. When God responds to this loyalty, he pats him on the head and he says, okay, go along and run your little way. No. Because God understands what's at stake. You know, why does God respond like he does? Because he understands what's at stake. He knows what this really means. You know, this isn't just a bad decision. This is sin. This is rebellion against God. And so then God responds in a measured manner. God responds appropriately. And God is torqued. I think I could say that, right? 
Yeah, I could say that. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. God responds in anger. What side of God does God show? Anger. Why? Because that's what's necessary at this point. You know, any parent will tell you that they have, at least that's one of the things that I've learned as being a parent, that I have the ability to show anger and I have the ability to show love depending on the situation. I don't just wait for my anger to rise up within me until finally I can't control it anymore and I blow up at my kids. Not that that ever happens. But, you know, being a parent has really taught me how to manipulate my own emotions. Because it's like, what, is, what do they need right now? They need to see mad, Dad. Wow, that actually rhymes. Weird. They need to see that man. Because they need to know that what they've just done, that that's highly dangerous. That they could have hurt themselves and they could have hurt someone else. And they need to see that because it's a big deal. But they make a little mistake. Do they need to see mad dad? No. Then they need to see maybe, hey, that was wrong. Let's not do that again. It was a little mistake. You respond according to the situation, not according to what your emotions tell you. You use your emotions to reveal these things, not to just flow out of you like some dam bursting. And so that's what God is doing. When God reveals his anger, it's not because the Israelites have finally sinned so much that God can't control himself anymore. Like, that's not what's going on. That's not God. God's better than we are, right? You know, how many of you have ever lost control of your temper and afterwards said, Oh, I wish I would have done that. God's never done that. Never. So every time that God reveals his anger, that's intentional. It's measured. And he reveals his anger because, because the people of Israel, because this people have transgressed my covenant that I commanded their fathers. So what was the purpose of this covenant? It wasn't just, Hey, you like me, I like you, let's hang out. Like, that's not the covenant. The covenant of Israel was, you walk in holiness, you represent me to this world, and I'm going to bless you in such ways that the world will be astonished, and they're going to want to follow me too. That was the covenant, essentially. We'll boil it down to that. You walk in my ways, and the reason for me blessing you, I'm going to make you the head. You're never going to be the tail. You will never be enslaved by anybody. You will lend to everybody, and you will borrow from nobody because you'll have no need to do that. You are going to be so blessed that all the world is going to look to the people of Israel and say, they've got something right. What are they doing differently? Oh, they're worshiping Yahweh. They're worshiping the Lord. Maybe we should do that too. That was God's intent. And so what did the nation of Israel do? They said, we want to be blessed, but we also want to have cult prostitutes. God said, no. We want to be blessed, but we want to be able to control our God. God said, no. We want to be blessed, but we want to do it our way. God said, no, because you've missed the whole point. You can't walk like the nations and then expect the nations to look at you and say, hey, they're doing something different, but what is it? It must be because they have higher IQs. You know? Like, that's not what they're trying to show. They were trying to show what does holiness bring? What does worship of God bring into our lives? And that's one of the reasons, just one of the reasons. There's like 
748, probably more than that, reasons why we should walk in holiness. You know, but one of those is because holiness brings blessing throughout all of our lives. You know, it's been one of the fascinating things as I've been doing counseling with people. They direct them to walk in holiness, the blessings that come out of that. You walk in God's ways, and is everything going to go according to the way that you want it to? No. But is it going to go in the best way possible? Yep. And that might bring about what you want. But it might bring about something better. If you walk in your ways, it's not going to work out. That's just the way that life works. Because that's the way that God set up the world. My ways work. Every other way fails. Can God work through that? Those other ways? Yeah, he's God. But his ways bring blessings all on, their, all on their own. So that was the covenant that God set up with Israelites. And he said, this is what I want you to do. This is why I want you to follow me. This is why I want you to walk in my ways, because you are to be witnesses in this world. And the Israelites said, we don't want what, to be witnesses. We just want what you have to give us. God said, no dice. So he shows the Israelites his anger because he needs the world to see his anger. Because he needs everybody all throughout history to know the wrath of God. This is what God is capable of. Because when God speaks, that's important. You know, this isn't just some prophet somewhere along the line blowing smoke. This is the voice of God. Think about that. Let that sink in. This is the voice of God. You know, how many people throughout history have tried to, you know, figure out God? That's what all these religions are about. People trying to figure out God. They look at the world and they say, well, the world works this way, therefore God must work in the same manner. And you know, there's a little bit of truth in it, and then there's a lot of lie in it. And so people are trying to figure out God. They always have been. You get people doing that nowadays, trying to figure out God, trying to ascertain that which exists in the metaphysical. How about that for a phrase? I actually heard that one. That was a fun one. Like they're trying to figure out God. We can't figure out God. So what did God do? God revealed himself. He said, this is who I am. This is how I act. This is what I want you to do. Really, that should have been enough. Because those, that, that's God. Can I go further than that? No. The things that are revealed, they're ours. Ours and our children's. Those things which are hidden, nobody will ever know. And so this is the voice of God to the people. So God's anger is revealed because he spoke to the people. He revealed to them truth and they said, I'd rather have the lie. Thanks, God. Not only were they failing to be witnesses, but they were rejecting the truth. Think about that intentionally rejecting the truth because it didn't make them happy. And I read that, and that's me too. I don't always accept the truth because, you know, sometimes I don't like it. And then God convicts me and I have to repent and I have to, you know, go back and fix my ways and, you know, apologize to people because usually that's what ends up having to happen. Because truth of God comes through the voice of God. So the Israelites were disloyal to God. So what did God do? God showed them his anger. And God showed them his anger because they rejected their purpose and they rejected his truth. So God tests them. That looks fun, doesn't it, Tim? Don't you miss that? No? 
So God changes the situation. Because this people have transgressed my covenant that I commanded their fathers and have not obeyed my voice, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations. That phrase, no longer, really stuck out to me this time as I was reading through this. Because that means before this, God had just been driving out the nations. Wherever, whenever Joshua and the people of Israel were walking with God, you know, when they were doing that, God, they just won. They just won. You know, God gave them the tactics. God gave them the opportunities. You know, the right guy would show up and then they would use him. And God just worked. You know, even when Moses, you know, Joshua was fighting, Moses was raising his hands. As Moses had his hands up, Joshua would win. You know, that was God working. And everything just worked. And then God said, it's not going to work anymore. So what's the difference? Was it the people's military might? Did that change? No. Was it their strategic prowess that changed? No. They didn't change. The people of Israel themselves, they didn't change. They didn't become shorter, you know, or something of that sort. It's not like they were seven feet tall when they were walking with God, and then they became, you know, five feet tall afterwards. They didn't change as a people. But the stuff that they were doing stopped working. God changed the situation. And you know, that's important to note, because what in this world is God unable to change? What can stand against God? Nothing. Thanks, Anton. Nothing. Nothing can stand against God. And so if God says, you know what? You've been doing it this way all of these years, but you're no longer walking with me. That thing that you've been doing, I can make that not work. I can make your crops not grow. Do you know that God can do that? God can make crops grow even on bad land. God can make crops grow on good land. Can God do that? Yeah. Can God change your situation? Yeah. You know, I, I've experienced this. How was it? You know, it's interesting. How was it that I got to Hosanna? Well, the first church that interviewed me, Hosanna wasn't the first church that interviewed me. Hosanna is actually the second church that interviewed me. The first church that interviewed me had me do a test sermon. Test sermon? Sounds kind of strange now. But that's what they did. They had me come and preach on a Sunday morning. And that was probably the second worst sermon I've ever given in all of my life. And the content was good, but I couldn't preach. Like, I couldn't get the words together. And I had been preaching. And, you know, the first sermon I gave on my internship, a pastor actually came up to me and said, I don't think you're called to be a pastor. You know, it was that bad. So that was the first, worst sermon I've ever been given. I've ever given. Um, but the second worst was on this one. And, you know, I had people saying, well, you're a great preacher when I was on internship. After that first one, when God was trying to humble me, that was, that was a fun time. Um, still appreciate that pastor. I don't know if you're going to be listening to this, but I appreciate that they told me that and we're straight up. But every time that I preached a sermon like that, I always went well. And this time I preached that sermon, it did not go well. What did God do? God changed that situation because it's not in me. You know, the, the fertility of the ground's not in the ground. The, the competency to play to play an instrument's not, not in the hands. You know, can God remove all of that? Yeah. God can change the situation. This is why it's so important that we walk with God. Not because if I'm walking with God, bad things will never happen to me. But if I'm not walking with God, God can shut down any door at any point in time 
in order to teach us a lesson. We don't want that. That's not the lesson we want to learn. No, God can change the situation. And so he did that to the Israelites. And he did that to test the Israelites to see if they were actually going to follow God. And not for God to see, because God knew. But for the Israelites to see. He shut down the situation. He said, I'm not going to bless you in that manner anymore. Are you still going to follow me? Because that was the question. Are you still going to follow me? That was really the test. Are you still going to follow me? Even if you're not getting this blessing, are you still going to follow me? So it's interesting because they stopped following God, so God then instituted the test. You know, and so it was both a punishment and an opportunity. But not for the Israelites, or for God to get to know the Israelites, but for the Israelites to get to know themselves. You know, and so our hardships. How many of you have ever gone through a hardship? <laughs> That was an opportunity for you to learn yourself, too. Who am I? When things get tough, where do I go? Do I turn to marijuana or do I turn to Jesus? Do I turn to my phone or turn off my phone? (laughs) Or do I turn to Jesus? You know, really, who do I turn to? Where do I go for strength? So does that mean that every hardship is is, is a punishment? No. Every hardship is a test, though. Where do you turn? To whom do you look? Do I look to Jesus? Or do I look to someone else? Do I look to something else? Do I pursue something else? Do I run further away? Because that's what happens to the Israelites. As they were put into these tests, you know what they did? They ran further away from God. They said, well, if you're not going to bless us, we're going to find someone who will. Ah, you're not blessing me anymore. Fine, I'm no longer in this relationship. I had a friend who was doing um, marital, premarital counseling. And uh, this was one of his, I think it was his second person, that the second couple that he married. And he asked the man, um, the, so why, why do you want to marry this lady? He said, she gives me things. And he goes, really? He goes, yeah, yeah, she gives me things. I like, I like receiving presents from her. She gives me things. And I like that. So I want to marry her because I want that to continue on. And he goes, what if she stopped giving you things? I suppose I wouldn't like her anymore. They're like, wow, that's a great foundation for a relationship. You have to keep bribing me to stay in this relationship. You know, but that's what's, oh, that's what's going on with the Israelites. They were saying, God, if you keep blessing us, we're going to keep following you. But if you're not going to bless us, tag with you. I don't want you anymore. You think about that? Isn't that insane? So if God stopped blessing you, would you keep following God? I hope so. Because that's a demonstration of the true relationship. I really trust God. You know, that's what Jesus asked Peter and the disciples. Are you going to follow me? Or are you going to leave me too? <laughs> Where are we going to go? You've got the words of life. Are you going to follow me or not? Because tests come. God pulls back his hand of blessing. He says, are you still going to follow me? Life gets hard. Goals fail. Are you still going to follow me? Or are you going to go off some other way? Are you going to follow me? You're going to be loyal to God. No matter if it seems that God isn't loyal to you. Because God is loyal to you. But sometimes we're tested. Sometimes we're tried. You know, that's a tough lesson. 
the cool thing is, God always comes through in the end. We don't know what it's going to look like in that middle. God always comes through in the end. So we might have a time of trial and testing. You know, that might take our whole life. But what's our life in comparison to eternity? God always comes through in the end. So that's why we say with Peter, where would we go? All the rest is lies. Want to become a humanist? Atheist? Agnostic? Apotheistic? Muslim? Buddhist? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Everyone else says lies. Jesus says the truth. I'm not going to make my life harder. Where else are we going to go? Jesus is truth. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this call that you have on our lives to be loyal to you. Lord, to give our lives to you, to walk with you. Lord, and I pray that as we go through hardships and trials and struggles, Father, that, that we wouldn't reach out to non-Christian things. Lord, but that we would dive deeper into you. As we gather together in community, that we would dive together deeper into you. Lord, that we'll look to you instead of using the ways of the world. That we'll trust in you and hope in you, but that we will remain loyal to you no matter what. Lord, it's a you because you are loyal to us. We'll always uphold your end. Lord, we thank you. Guide us in this. May we be lights and witnesses in this world as we follow your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.